0: Friends, Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Each episode, I take some time to chat with fellow artists about life, faith, and the impact of the arts. Making in the margins of your life,
1: when that's where you're at, it's important to actually name those margins. <laughs> and she shared all this, and it actually really helped me go, okay, I need to name my space, name the time I have. My encouragement would be name your margins, name the space you have, the time you have, and then make the most of that time when you do whatever it takes you to jump in, set up the scene, like put on the podcast you want to listen to, put on the show, put on the music. For me, it would be to do a warm-up quickly so that I can jump in or have
0: everything out, Lay it out in the morning so I can sit down. Happy Tuesday, friends. I'm so grateful to get the opportunity to connect with you each week through the podcast. You can find the Creative Impact Podcast on Facebook or Instagram and share what resonates with you from each episode. If you haven't already, I would be so grateful to have you rate and review the show on iTunes. My goal is to reach 30 ratings by August 1st. Right now, we're at 27 ratings. Would you be the one that helps us to get to 30? You can help other people find the show by leaving your feedback today. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to give a special thank you to our Patreon community for helping us to make this show possible. Also, thank you to Audible, who is offering a free trial to our podcast listeners. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Every month, members get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digests and more. You can download titles and listen offline anytime, anywhere. One of my favorite audiobooks right now is Rhythms of Renewal by Rebecca Lyons. You'll actually hear me mention it in the episode today. I love that it is read by the author, which gives it an even more personal feel. You can listen to Rhythms of Renewal today with a free trial of Audible visit audibletrial.com creativeimpact creative impact. Again, that's audibletrial.com creativeimpact creative impact. My friend Caitlin Harbaugh joins me today for a conversation about art and motherhood. Caitlin is a stay-at-home mom to her three children and is a visual artist who creates and what she describes as the margins of her life. In our conversation, We talk about Caitlin's journey as an artist and her experience balancing a small business with being a stay-at-home mom. Caitlin shares about her current projects and her process for creating art. We talk about the importance of community and how different our community can look in different seasons. No matter what season of life you are in, I believe Caitlin's story will encourage you to be faithful in the daily practices in the seemingly mundane parts of life and to consider your why as an artist enjoy my conversation with Caitlin Harbaugh. Well, I am here with Caitlin Harbaugh and she um, is a wife and a mom and also a visual artist. And I'm super excited to have you here, Caitlin. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's so fun. Honored to
1: be included with so many awesome guests I know you've had. Yeah,
0: well, you are awesome as well, and it's super fun to get to reconnect with you. So Caitlin and I went to college together, but then it was cool because our relationship shifted a little after you graduated and you became the resident director, and I got to be an RA under you, so that was super fun. Yes, it was,
1: and you were my returner, which meant that you had extra experience, so you really helped you helped me figure it
0: all out. Yeah, it's a team effort. <laughs> yes, it really is. Exactly. It that was. was a fun season for sure. Well, do you want to just kind of introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about who you are, what you're up to? Yeah,
1: I am a wife, a mom, and an artist, like Rachel said, and it goes in that order in my mind. But first, I am a Christian, and so that has to be number one, and then serving my husband has to be number two my children. And then I've been blessed to fit art in, in the middle of all that. And I'm very thankful. I live in Madison, Mississippi. I went to Belhaven, which is in Jackson, Mississippi, and ended up staying. That's where I met my husband. And neither of us, I don't think, envisioned staying in the area. And yet here we are, (laughs) eight years later. (laughs) Wow, that's true. Where are you from originally? I'm from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Been lived other places too but that was the longest
0: before home base for you yeah yeah so that's kind of a long ways to go for college and then just to stay there that's an adventure
1: yeah my parents were very kind and encouraging even though it was 18 hours away
0: wow yeah and so how many kids do you have I have three kids
1: my oldest is and by the time you're hearing this she'll be five Sadie my middle is Ava She's three, and then my youngest is Thomas, and he might be one by the time this comes out.
0: Oh, wow. That's so amazing. So sweet. I love seeing pictures on Facebook and kind Mm -hmm. of keeping track of your life that way. They're busy and fun. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Super busy, I bet. And we'll definitely get into more about motherhood and that whole journey (laughs) for sure. So I'm curious, what got you into the arts? And I know obviously visual art is kind of what we're focusing in on, but Mm -hmm. I happen to know that you have a beautiful voice as well and are musically inclined. So yeah, what got you started with art? I was thinking about this question and it goes back really far, goes all the way back to early
1: days in elementary school. And it was always the subject and the extracurricular activity that I just loved. And that includes music as well. I really enjoyed those the most in school, and other subjects were harder for me. They came more naturally. And so I was also really encouraged by teachers, and especially in high school, I had a high school art teacher who really mentored me and encouraged me, Mr. Holtcamp. And then I was also in a Bible study, and the lady was teaching us calligraphy in the summers as oh, a way cool. to continue a relationship throughout the year and so she also really molded me in my love for it and also my obsession with supplies Uh, but her name is (laughs) Lonnie Watts and she gave so many years to a bunch of us girls and between those two things and then I think the natural inclination and also when you have a natural Gifting in something, it's easier to pursue that. So I'm thankful. I feel like that was truly, you know, God gave me certain skills and I was encouraged to keep using them throughout my whole life. Yeah. And then my parents were gracious enough to say, sure, you can study that in college.
0: (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's probably an interesting conversation. I found out (laughs) after
1: the fact. Yeah. I found out after the fact my dad was on board all the time and then my mom was a little nervous for me. Because she's like, well, what will she do with that? And it's a valid question and point, but it's been amazing to get to use it. So
0: yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see how the things that we tend to enjoy the most as children end up being kind of that passion that we still have as an adult. And it may look a little different, but that there's kind of those threads all throughout. I've been reading a book um, called Rhythms of Renewal Mm -hmm. by Rebecca Lyons. Okay. You heard of that one and it's really good, but she kind of, she's not the only one, but she talks about that, how you like can kind childhood. of look back and what did you love? Yeah. Yeah.
1: What I heard you I, when you were growing up. I feel like I've heard about that book recently.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah, I think it's pretty recent. Yeah. It's really good. So I would recommend it. Yeah. That's super cool. So then what, I guess you said your parents were on board for you pursuing it in college and then how did you find Bellhaven? So I was looking at going to a Christian art school
1: was my big caveat. And I didn't really know of any with a really solid art program. And I was, if I wasn't going to get to study art in college, I was just going to live at home and go to a school nearby for business. And we, my parents, uh, my dad was a missionary for several years and there was a area retreat and a pastor who lived in Colorado at the time of my like high school career up until 10th grade was the retreat speaker. And this was my 12th grade year in high school. And so he asked me where I was going to school, what I was going to study. And I was explaining that I really wanted to study art from Christian worldview, maybe play volleyball. You know, I wanted to have certain options. And he goes, well, have you heard of Bellhaven? And I said, no, <laughs> where is because it's in Jackson, Mississippi. And he had become a pastor in Ridgeland, Mississippi. So he that's where he had come from for this retreat. And he's like, you can come and stay with us and visit your parents, you know, we'd show you around. So we did that. And I fell in love with the department, I decided not to play volleyball, that it was better to just focus on art and the transition away from home. So that's how I came here.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I definitely fell in love with it when I first visited as well. There's yeah. just something about the culture and the environment there. Exactly. You, know, you kind of feel at home right away. That's super cool. And then did you I feel like there was at least one person, maybe more, that came from Colorado after you, right? Did you kind mm-hmm. of start a a trend? <laughs> I think so. I think several
1: parents in our church were like, "Well, if your daughter is thriving, I guess it'll be okay for our kids to visit. And then I think the same thing happened. They fell in love with the different departments, but several friends were in art and then in music. And then my brothers both came oh, as that's well. That's right. Yes, and now they both live here as well. Much to my mother's shock. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's uh, actually really thankful that we're all in one location for visiting. Yeah, at least when visit. they visit, they can visit all yes, of you. exactly, so. <laughs> exactly. But she goes, everyone moved 18 hours away. And I just keep reminding her, it's a really good sign that she raised independent children. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, we're thriving, mom. You've
0: done a good job. That's awesome. (laughs) I love it. So how did you feel in college doing a degree in art? You know, what was that experience like? That was a lot of fun and hard work all at the same time.
1: I like to joke that I majored in a social life in college and minored in art (laughs) because I got really involved in as many things as I could in college. RUF, the activities team, I actually ended up on the Bellhaven Leadership Council. I was an RA. And the art department probably would have preferred that I was in my studio a little more, Mm -hmm. actually doing the things I was supposed to be doing. Uh, But... I got to kind of the best in my mind. I got the best of both worlds. I got the experiences of learning art and art history and perspectives and design and all of that deeply. And then I got to make, you know, friends outside of the department and in the department
0: that have just lasted for years now. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I'm curious, what got you interested in becoming an RD after you graduated? It was definitely my experience as a resident assistant while
1: I was at Bellhaven. I really loved it. I loved connecting with the students and I had skills in organization and running events as well. And yeah, it just seemed like a really good fit at the time. It's definitely a calling in that moment and I did it for four years and was in Helen White you know that building yeah Helen Mm -hmm. White so HW Mm -hmm. best building in my opinion (laughs) Uh, I didn't live there as a student that's the funny part I never lived there as a student but I was already there for four years and it was just a quaint little building with it was quieter and sweet but
0: yeah it's definitely a sweet place yeah I loved Caldwell Hall too but Helen White was great that was my senior Mm -hmm. year so I really enjoyed it (laughs) And I always, I loved, um, we did this event called Nightlights. Yes. And it was so fun because we get to dress up and we would like serve fun desserts and foods and stuff and have like swing dancing. And yeah, it was a blast for sure. It really was. Bringing back so many good memories. So many memories. So while you were in RD, were you still doing art on the side as well? Not
1: really. It was hit or miss. And I look back now at the time I had while I was in RD it was just a very flexible job. And there were you know, at night, I would leave my door open and, and watch like HGTV and like wait for students. And now I look back and I'm like, I could have been painting that whole time. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but I anyway, didn't. Art really be- came back into my life from motherhood and this space I had while my child was sleeping. And I've always loved it. I've always wanted it. One of my desires has always been to do art on the side of being a stay-at-home mom. And it just started happening and has continued. And I'm pretty amazed when I look back at how God has really continued to provide in it and for it to become what I'm considering a really, really small
0: business <laughs> <laughs> on the side of what I'm doing. That's awesome. Yeah. So when, okay, you may have to like remind me of the timeline. So you got married while you were in RD, right? I'm sorry. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes,
1: between my first and second year. So that 2012, I got married and then I finished while I was pregnant with my first little girl and that was in 2015. And so literally my end date was when she was born.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. So you're like right straight yeah. into it the next season. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: My boss was incredibly gracious to give me the week off before she was due. but that I was still, it, it worked out once again, a God thing, the timing where I was still under my insurance through her birth date. My insurance ran out at the end of June. She was born June 28th.
0: Oh, wow. And so I was yeah. able to
1: still use that. We were going to figure it out if we had to, but
0: yeah. Yeah, definitely, that's definitely we a blessing. For. Yes. yes. <laughs> The nitty-goody adulting things we all love. Right, exactly. So what kind of projects do you want to tell us a little bit more about the projects that you're doing now and Mm -hmm. what you're getting to kind of build on the side?
1: Yeah,
0: I do a lot of commissions for people and it's usually of
1: their people uh, that they love or their pets or places. I just finished uh, my largest watercolor on paper commission of a beautiful location in another country that's the beach it makes me want to go so bad somebody wrote and was like i wish this was a narnia situation where i could just stare at the painting and it become real that's how i felt but anyway it's my largest painting of a place and it was 24 by 36 inches so two feet by three feet and that was really fun yeah and then i've done a lot of portraits which i wasn't ever really planning to get into portraits they're really intimidating.
0: (laughs) I would imagine. Yeah. I haven't tried, but yeah,
1: it's, (laughs) it's intimidating because people know their people so well and I have a photo to go off of and I don't know that person. And so I might get just one little thing off and then they might look off, but I'm getting slowly getting better in that area. So that, and then I've done a lot of homes and things like that. And then on the side, so those are projects I do for other people. I also do calligraphy, not as much anymore. I'm doing a lot more watercolor paintings. But the other things I'm enjoying are personal projects and personal series I'm trying Mm -hmm. to keep up with. Hymnscapes is one of them, which I can go into later. And then abstract work, florals, animals, basically anything that's in nature. i I'm drawn to and, and pursuing learning
0: about and painting. That's great. Yeah. So, just kind of using that spare time that you have and creating and painting, and then, you know, if someone has an interest in it, being able to sell that as well, potentially. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. cool. Yeah. So, tell us more about yeah. the hymnscapes. Yeah.
1: Hymnscapes are, I've been fascinated in landscapes, especially skies, for a couple years now. And I was thinking of the hymn Be Still My Soul. And I just kept seeing this scene of fog on a river and the sun kind of breaking through, but not really. And just how it, in my mind, took the visual of what the lyrics have in it when we don't know the unknown and there's fear and it's hard and it's foggy, but that through it, like God really is there and in control and to just be still and to settle ourselves in that truth. And so I just saw this visual that came with that song. And so I painted that. And it's just started this whole journey with those. I've done several. And either I will see an image, and I will find a song that goes with that image, or I'll take a photo and use that photo. Or I will hear a song, and then I'll see something in my mind that I want to make come to life. Or I'll get Mm -hmm. ideas that I'll try to cobble together to get across, even if it's just one line of the hymn, that's, yeah, really what I'm trying to do. It's been, it's been really, I think a good exercise in continuing on one idea for a long time. I plan on doing this. I don't until it's, there's a lot of hymns, right? So that's true. <laughs> possibly never be exhausted, but it's been really good to just continue on one idea and to kind of focus my mental energy. Cause I tend to be all over the place, you know, Trying to do too many things.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I can definitely picture with "Be Still My Soul." You know that Mm -hmm. there is that stillness. You know, at Mm -hmm. that point in the morning, maybe, and yeah, Yeah. looking at it like a pristine. Like I can totally picture it. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's your process like when you're creating art? I guess it may be different Mm -hmm. based on what project you're doing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, very different. If it's a commission. And it's for somebody, I talk to that person, obviously, and I get a photo and I do a sketch and then paint. And that's more cut and dry. If it's an idea I have, I usually work in my sketchbook a little bit before I put it down to paper, put it down to paper, and then I share it. And Instagram has been a huge platform for me to share work and honestly, where I've built up a customer base and even people interested in the art I'm doing for myself. So it's a big uh, been a really helpful tool for me to be able to share. It's hard to, you know, share sometimes the stuff that's going on or that you're processing through. And but that's been a huge area where I've received support and feedback that's been really helpful in learning my style and learning my art process. But I am trying to keep up a sketchbook. Habit as well, so that I do have those ideas, or if I do have them in my mind, I can get them down,
0: know they're in a safe place, <laughs> and I won't forget them. Right. Yeah. It's nice to have a, a place to look to, or, you know, if you're wanting yeah. to work on something and you're like, this is an inspiration I can pull from. Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
1: I also take a lot of photos on my phone. I did a lot of photography in college, and then I save them on my computer so that I can go back and pull up images that I've taken and be like, oh, yeah, I loved that landscape. This is why yeah, mm, so a lot of, smart. I feel like a lot of my process is practicing, which always learning is
0: mm-hmm. really important. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I know you touched on it a little bit about the relationships that you built in college. And then also you were just talking about, you know, building that community on Instagram as well and support. So how has community impacted you as an artist or just as yeah. a person, whichever?
1: Yes. Community has been huge for me as an artist. I really like verbally processing, bouncing ideas off people. I like reassurance and just talking through the directions I'm going in. And my husband's great. He listens. He is in the IT world. He gets art to an extent. But sometimes it's like I talk about it too much with him. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I know you I need, mean. <laughs> yeah, I give him a break. I've been really thankful for just friends who want to listen to me talk about art, my processing. I made some really good friends in college who were in the art department with me, but then, like I said, who weren't and who have continued in creative fields themselves and one who is an artist now who didn't even study art. But we are all in close communication. And so there's a lot of just encouraging and the ones who are all pursuing art right now will bounce things off each other or give each other business advice and the amazing thing which is huge for me because of my my place in life right now is we're doing it all through virtual communication mm-hmm. and with little kids i don't have as much time to go meet to go to any shows to do any sort of actual in person community as much the that's limited and it's i usually reserve it for my church and for connecting with the people who are here in town. But through Marco Polo, through text, through even Instagram, I've been able to keep up with my friends. We've spurred each other on. We're the ones, you know, commenting and just being like, that's great. Or, hey, have you thought about this? You know, giving each other gentle critiques, things like that. And it's been huge for art. I am interested one day in finding it more local. I'd love, like, a group to... Mm -hmm you know, and I know there, are, I have friends still in town who do that with one another. And when I, I'm not in this stage that I'm in of life with littles and just, you know, limited time on my hands, I hope to get, you know, into more collaborative or roles with actual like in-person people. But for now, what a blessing to have the technology that we do.
0: Yeah, for sure. Me. And I think even uh, right now, this season is kind of Yes. Helping us all find new tools to do that too yes. and realize, oh, this isn't as hard as we maybe thought it was to mm-hmm. connect with each other. So yeah, that's yes. super cool. And if yeah. you were to think about people that are probably out there, I'm guessing there's a lot of artists that are just sort of working in their own like mm-hmm. silo, maybe, you know, in their own mm-hmm. area. Um, would you have any words of encouragement or like things that you've done that have helped to foster that community? My mom always used to say, if you want a friend, be a friend. So I think
1: The biggest thing you can do is to make it about the other person and the other people. I hope I do that with my friends and to really just love them and find people. And if you don't have those people, but you find somebody you really resonate with through Instagram or something and you realize, hey, we might like mesh, encourage them, comment on their things and who knows, you know, you could find community there. Or even just friend groups, or you could even ask a friend you already have, "Hey, could I start bouncing these ideas off you? I need someone to talk to you about this." And say, "What are What do you have going on in your life as well?" So that it becomes a two way
0: street. Mm-hmm. I think that's
1: the biggest thing. Yeah, encourage sure. others, and then you'll be surprised and blessed by how it turns around.
0: Yeah, that's good. Love that. Are you looking to build a new website or improve your current website? I personally use Bluehost web hosting for my website and I really love their user-friendly nature and their seamless integration with WordPress. To learn more about what Bluehost has to offer, you can check out creativeimpactpodcast.com slash bluehost. You can also find additional resources to live creatively and make an impact at creativeimpactpodcast.com slash resources. Now back to my conversation with Caitlin. So now I'd love to dive a little bit more into motherhood and what that journey has been like for you. So I know you started obviously as an artist and just, you know, kind of living life and then became a mom. So what has it been like kind of balancing those elements of your life? Yeah, Well, I really became a mom
1: first. And then I would say I recently in the last couple of years started actually introducing myself and I I do art on the side or I'm an artist as well. I didn't do that before. Gotcha. Yeah. It's been, it's taken me some time to get comfortable with that title and it has been a, a journey for sure. But motherhood, I've always wanted to be a mom, I've always dreamt of having kids and now they're here and it is the most wonderful thing and the hardest thing i've ever done in my entire life because as paul Tripp says in his parenting book i'm an ambassador for their souls i am not in charge of their little lives like as much as i am i'm not and there's a weight to raising little humans with souls they're eternal beings And I desperately want them to know the Lord and to love the Lord and pray for that, treat them as my little mission field right now and try to witness to them through just how we live our days. And it is not perfect and it is messy and I fail a lot. And so it's been a huge uh, area that I'm learning to have to trust God with and to really just say, Lord, this is why you you do the work. And I am just a vessel that you are gracious enough to use. So motherhood to me is wrapped up in all of that. And then just down to the nitty gritty of feeding them, yeah. clothing them, <laughs> keeping up with them and trying to be fun sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Try to have some fun yeah. moments along the way of like yes, the everyday. Exactly.
1: Did mm-hmm. I answer your question?
0: Yeah, I think so. And you've kind of talked about it a little bit where you've been able to find during nap times and things like that. um, Mm -hmm. How do you find that motherhood maybe feeds into your artistry or vice versa?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think it has been, the other thing about motherhood is it is, and it can be a thankless role. Mm, Yeah. And if you have mom, thank them, just do it. I just can't get over what my parents, you know, did for me growing up now that I look back on it. Now that I'm trying to raise my own kids, but I find that I, I get a lot of purpose out of art doing it on the side. It's really, it really helps me feel like I've checked off tasks in a day when you literally might not have gotten anything done right. except for paint, you know, a little dog or, you know, something like that. And the only other thing you've done is survived and gotten people down for naps. Mm-hmm. So It's been a really, it's been a huge outlet for me just to have a purpose outside of the motherhood aspect. And it's brought a little extra income in and provided for us in awesome ways that we've been really thankful for. And I also just love it. And so it's, it's just such like a, it's a passion. It's truly passion. And so that to have time to work on something you love is a blessing. Um, mm-hmm. motherhood has definitely influenced it in just the things I'm interested in too. Uh, I think nature and the things I can point out to my kids, they are very interested in what I'm doing. My oldest constantly brings me paintings of skies. Aww. Uh, it's, it's really sweet. So I think just nature and things that they also connect with.
0: Right. Cause you can all is, connect together in that. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then this last time after I had my youngest, I just couldn't get – I couldn't do anything. I was nursing a baby all the time or I was trying to chase two other littles around and keep them from fighting or, you know, breaking the house, the things <laughs> that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, the real keeping life everyone moment. alive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was really early on. And so I couldn't do – like it was literally around the clock baby time. I just couldn't get these – gestural movements I was watching my little girls do while I'm like sitting holding a baby and I couldn't get those out of my head and so I've done like little gestures of them and it started really the people vein I think oh that's neat that I've gone into and I just have this desire to like capture them and I'm still like there's a that's one of those ideas I have that I really want to pursue one day when I have more time but (laughs)
0: that'll come. Yeah, for sure. That's super cool. Yeah. It probably makes you more aware of like the beauty of those everyday movements and gestures yes. and how they interact with mm-hmm. one another. So would you say yes. that there was a certain point where like, was the jump from one to two bigger or two to three or just having kids in general? What was that like? One to two was really hard for me two to three has
1: not been as difficult for me. And there's several factors. One of them, I think, is that the girls have each other. And they were pretty content after Thomas was born. And so they had each other to play with.
0: Right. They can kind of help
1: entertain each other. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Is that that sweet spot of four and two, where the two year old could communicate enough with the four year old that it wasn't as much she's just touching my stuff and there's actual play mm-hmm. and that's continued to, to develop. And it's really, really sweet, sweet sisters. I didn't have a sister growing up. And so I'm watching the relationship and it makes my heart so happy. Oh yeah. I'm sure it's a very different vibe than with brothers for sure. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. So that's been really that. So this transition has been a little bit easier. It's been harder on the art sense because my time shrunk right a little bit and so I'm I am currently wrestling with just what's the best use of my time I really do want to pursue art but obviously my children are the point and raising them is my first calling after being a wife and I don't want to uh, lose that focus it's easy because like I said motherhood can be a thankless job and I actually receive feedback on art right
0: <laughs> you know and
1: yeah, I just nice want to make sure I'm,
0: that in, or it, yeah. it's easy to put the energy into the thing that you're getting more um accolades for or you know praise yes. and I mean I think that's why people yes. work long hours a lot of the time because you're actually getting feedback in you know Like, yay, great job. And they're feeling accomplished at work rather than at home. But that's cool that you're keeping that Mm -hmm. perspective, you know, of the value of it, trying to, (laughs) yeah, trying to keep the value, the perspective of the value of what you're instilling in your kids, you know, even when you don't get that thanks every single day. So, yes, exactly.
1: They're eternal. My art isn't. Uh, And that alone, I think, is a good starting point on certain days, Mm -hmm. maybe like today for instance, uh, <laughs> to just remember that for sure.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So my my guess is that there's a lot of people out there right now that are listening that are in a similar season or maybe just now transitioning into motherhood. And I know I had kind of put out a survey of like, what are you, people interested in hearing about? And one of the things was, you know, transitioning into being a mom and then also still, Being able to express, you know, as an artist, whether that's through visual art or dance or music, um, whatever it might be. So, do you have any words of advice? I know you're still living it right now, too. But any words of advice or wisdom that you would want to give? Yeah, Uh, there
1: is another artist who put it this way: making art in the margins of your life when you can't. So, like for instance, I I don't hire anyone to watch my kids for any portion of time to do art. I'm literally using whatever spare moments I have that aren't spent with my husband. And he and I have a very independent, we're both very independent. And so we actually like have to schedule date nights and be like, we should probably hang out. Right. we we're both like, we're just so content to be in the same room with each other doing our things and you know, like chatting while we're doing it. more me being like, look, what do you think? And you know, he's like commenting on the art. So yeah, so we're pretty content to be in the same room together doing our own things and chatting while we're doing it. So we're, we try to anyway, schedule day and night. So anyway, making in the margins of your life when that's where you're at, it's important to actually name those margins. (laughs) And she shared all this and it actually really helped me go, okay, I need to name my space, name the time I have. And so I was able to write down. I have on a really good day, two hours in the afternoon <laughs> and on a really good day, three hours at night. So I have a total of five hours and that's not every day during a day if it's everything goes smoothly. So then I went ahead and just kind of in my mind have lopped off a whole hour so that I'm a big planner organizer so that I just think I don't. I don't ever, I try not to get frustrated when the time disappears mm-hmm. because my kids need me, you know, or they don't nap or. Yeah, that could get into a slippery me.
0: slope if yeah, it's like it can. you're taking away yeah. from my time, you know. Yeah,
1: exactly. When that's not the right perspective, which I struggle with. Um, so anyway, I, my encouragement would be name your margins, name the space you have, the time you have, and then make the most of that time um, when you do whatever it takes you to jump in. Uh, to, you know, like, is that set up the scene, like put on the podcast you want to listen to, put on the show, put on the music, do a quick, for me, it would be to do a warm up quickly so that I can jump in or have everything out, lay it out in the morning so I can sit down. And my other big encouragement would be that art creating, being creative, Will always be there. It'll always be a part of you. It might look different depending on your age, depending on what it is you do. But your kids will not always be this age. These are also things I tell myself. My kids will never be four, three, and almost one again. They're growing quickly. I'm blinking. <laughs> I have a five-year-old, and I have three children, and I'm shocked still when I look around. Right sometimes. and. Yeah. So just to keep that perspective that they're changing and moving. They're not always going to be in my home. So I want to want to be present with Right, them.
0: the days. I, I like that phrase or the quote that's like the days can feel long, but the years are short or something like that. Yes. <laughs> so true. Yes. I see that with our little so nieces cool. and nephews, how fast they grow and Probably, yeah. especially because we're not seeing them every single day. You know, it's maybe mm-hmm. a month or so in between. So we get back together and like, whoa, you know, he's walking now or, you know, that kind of thing. It's, yeah, it's amazing how fast the time yeah. can go. So, yeah,
1: it's hard and it's hard to want to be faithful in the things that are so mundane because like you said, you're not like away from them and then together and wow, you're growing up so fast. You don't almost see the growth. Mm-hmm. Until you have those like light bulb moments and go, wait, where did my babies go?
0: Right. Yeah. I remember hearing someone say one time that, um, you know, we tend to say, "Oh, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that," uh, and she was like, "You know, really." we do have time. It's just what is our priority, you know? So like, that's not my priority mm-hmm. right now. And I was really convicted by that. Cause I'm like, Ooh, I do tend to say that a lot. And rather than I don't mm-hmm. have time for that, it's like, I'm choosing to use my time another way, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's a good perspective shift. I feel like for sure. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a huge encouragement for moms and really parents in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hope that everyone and everyone has their own flow of what works for them, mm-hmm. but It's nice to keep that in perspective of, you know, this is a season and just Mm because it doesn't look like you want it to right at this moment, like doesn't mean that it can't grow or change Mm -hmm. over time, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's super good.
0: (laughs) So kind of on a similar vein, but a little bit different, more broad, I guess. Um, Is there anything that you would like to share right now with artists in general? So not maybe... Parents, but just in general, artists, um, a word of encouragement that you have on your heart.
1: I would say to artists, to makers, to if you're ever feeling stuck or discouraged, and I think right now with our current just climate, it can be easy to just feel a little stuck in general in life. To go back to basics, and mine would be like, why do I, why do I want to make art? Why, why this passion for it? And I think it goes back to God for me and that he created me with these skill sets and it's a gifting and something that I do think like I've grown those skills over time, but I think ultimately it's been something he gave me. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, why do I do it? And if the answer in all of life isn't to glorify God, then I'm not coming at it from the right place. So if you're feeling stuck, I would say go back to how can doing this glorify God? And it's pretty amazing when you think about even like a sketchbook practice. Well, that's honing and molding and growing skills that God's given me. That's glorifying God because he's given me those. And that's being a good steward of what he's given me. That's true. And yeah, pursuing it deeper deeper is glorifying him. And then uh, I also think it can help you put perspective on what you need to focus on in the moment. And yeah. And also just that's my, also my inspiration comes from the fact that we have a creator. When I look around, I can't help but want to reflect his creation and to share that through paintings and stuff. And so go back to what inspires you? What, what is it that you just can't help but share? And that's what you're doing in your art form is you're trying to share something and maybe name those things that can just really help and encourage you to keep going or if you feel like you've veered off to get back on
0: track. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Really love that. Um, And I like the idea of naming it, you know, and whether it's verbally or writing it down, posting Mm -hmm. it up somewhere, you know, this is. This is why I love what I do and trying to get back to the heart of that because we can so easily take on all these other things that (laughs) may not really be necessary and we're just kind of letting it stick to us and instead of kind of sifting through and saying no to some stuff, you know, that's Mm -hmm. not really that, I don't know, part of what we're really passionate about. So Mm. Yeah. yeah, thank you. That's awesome. So I like to ask all of my guests, what is one of your favorite things right now? And you can... Anything from like chapstick to, you know, a book or something super deep, whatever you want to go in. <laughs> and you can have more than one if you want to. <laughs> this is super random, <laughs> but I guess it's
1: not because of the fact that I'm doing a lot of portraits right now. I randomly stumbled upon a YouTube short series called Portrait Artist of the Year 2020, and it they have it looks like nine episodes and it has the feel of the great british baking show so oh yeah i was in love it's calming but it's set up where it's nine painters at a time paint three different subjects who are sitting for four hours for these artists wow yeah and they do a portrait of them and then the person picks one of those to keep and they then there are judges who then select one from each group of nine to move on to the finals. And I haven't gotten there yet, but it's been a nice little sounds super fun. Treat. Yes, even David was watching it with me last night. He's like, "This is amazing!" And they all have such different styles. It's been encouraging too because it's like, look, like anyone can do this. They have. I mean, obviously, they're very skilled and practice, but they all have unique styles and looks and abilities to grasp the likeness of the subject anyway it's been really it's been a little fun thing lately and then the other thing I love right now is taking my kids to the pool I'm very thankful ours opened up and Yay. yes I don't love the getting there part but once we're in the water and all together I love it I'm not distracted it's probably one of our happiest places
0: Ah, that's awesome yeah. Yeah, and that show sounds super fun. I'm going to have to look it up because yeah. I love grossing. those kind of kind of competition <laughs> shows too, you know. And I love what you're saying. I'm like this totally ties into some of what we were already talking about, but just the idea of like everyone has their own unique voice and style yeah. and it's so easy to get caught up in comparison, you know, yes. with other people that we're seeing or maybe even people we admire like yeah. oh, I'm not as good as them or I don't have that yeah. same exact skill set, but that we all have something unique to offer. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, any words to add to that about like comparison? Yeah, I think when you do, and I know I
1: get caught in that trap very easily. If you are start comparing yourself, especially if it's like specific and to somebody, instead try to see how you could encourage them. Because if you're comparing, it means you probably admire them mm-hmm. and want to be like them. And so instead, look at how you could encourage them and spur them on. And make it less about you. Uh, That's what I have to do with myself. And then obviously I pray a lot about it and try to give it up. And I also will sometimes like move on, try to just shift gears completely, do something else, do something that's more, you know, natural for me, slapping on paper or whatever, instead of trying to draw something intricate, you know, just get out of that space for a minute, cook something, bake something, not art related, Just get out Mm -hmm. of, yeah, try to move on. But I think encouraging one another when you feel like comparing is a really good place to start.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Yay, thank you. So if anyone is interested in getting in touch with you or kind of seeing your art, where can they find you? My most current pictures would be on my Instagram and it's
1: at little underscore blue underscore desk. And I also have a website that I'm going to hopefully have looking a little better by the time this airs. We'll see. Time. It's a time thing. Uh, But that is uh, www.littlebluedesk.com. And it just has more pictures um, on it right now. I hope to share a little more behind the scenes of my hymnscapes eventually and post on my process but I'm not a writer naturally. So that's intimidating to me. Yeah, those are probably the two places. I'm also on Facebook and my Instagram will link to Facebook as well.
0: Yeah, lots of options. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin. I appreciate you taking time to share with us and just get to chat about life and motherhood and all those things. So thank you. Thank you. It was so nice
1: to process some of this verbally.
0: so grateful to Caitlin for sharing her story. What a great reminder to be faithful in whatever season we find ourselves and to see the value in community and how we can help spur each other on in our lives, in our work, in our faith. I'm reminded every single day of the need for community and how valuable it is when we have people that are coming around us and helping to support us in whatever season of life we're in. And I know right now community is especially important, so I'm so grateful that I get to be part of your life and your world through this podcast. You can find links from the show and the full show notes on our website, creativeimpactpodcast.com. Are you enjoying the podcast? Do you want to partner with us to help it grow? You can become a monthly supporter by joining our Patreon community. As a supporter of the podcast, you'll get access to extra content that is only available for patrons. Right now, as a patron, you get access to extra content from episode 3 with Whitney Dufresne and also episode 5 with Randall Flynn. We'll be adding extra content on a regular basis, so be sure to check it out. You can learn more at creativeimpactpodcast.com slash patreon. That's creativeimpactpodcast.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another simple way to support the show is to leave a rating or review on iTunes. Next week, my guest for the podcast is Laura Morton. Laura is a former professional dancer and currently serves as an associate professor of dance and director of the ballet division at Belhaven University in Jackson, Mississippi. With a Bachelor of Science in Psychology and a Master of Science degree in Applied Exercise Physiology, Laura has so much knowledge and wisdom to share. I'm super excited for August and all that's in store. We have some incredible guests coming up on the show. Cannot wait to share with you guys. Also be on the lookout for or listening for some fun giveaways that will be coming in the near future. I'll definitely share more details in the episodes coming up. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And visit audibletrial.com/creativeimpact to get your free audiobook and your free trial of Audible. The music for the show was produced by Michael Cash. I'll see you next week for my conversation with Laura Morton.